What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. So do y'all remember the NBA draft? R.J. Barry came out with that with that pink suit looking fresh. Um, or any formal wear that he wears for like tunnel walks or any other events like that. These are all Indochino suits and blazers. So Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. RJ Barrett's brand new collection with Indochino just dropped. Featuring limited edition fabrics and jacket linings RJ helped pick out, and design. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. That's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code Blue Wire for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. Incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. Blue Wire. John Gunner. Light elevates to three. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, A-Rice. So glad that you guys are back. Your host of Michigan State of Mind. There's a lot that we need to kind of go over. It's been about a week since I talked to you guys last. A few things have happened. Um, so Michigan State went to Maui. Uh, it was, a, it was it, you know, like, you know, like talent-wise, it wasn't a great tournament. But it was a tournament of really scrappy play and tough matchups. Dayton looks not bad. Dayton looks pretty solid. Uh, they took Kansas to overtime. Who else looks doesn't look bad? You know, Virginia Tech. That was a really tough matchup for uh, Michigan for Michigan State. That dude Landers Nolly freaking went off. He's gonna be. That team is interesting because they return like eleven. They no, they return four, and they had to fill their roster with like eleven other guys. And that coach so far is doing a really good job. They shoot a ton of threes. Not sure how that's going to work out, you know, being in the in the uh, ACC because they're going to have to play some type of defense. Um. Michigan State kind of struggled again in terms of you know getting guys going, especially in that game versus Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm I'm still on the bandwagon of Aaron Henry and like Aaron Henry, Cassius, and Gabe Brown. They have to play a lot more together. I think that'll open things up. Um, if you have if you have if you have Cassius, Gabe, Aaron Henry and Malik Hall. I think that'll open things up for both Cassius and Tillman. Um, 
you know, Cash is being able to being able to operate without having to deal with all the having to deal with all the extracurricular activity on the inside, not being able to no no being able to operate without having a clogged lane 24/7 365 or guys helping off of them or you know when Cassius gets trapped which is just, which is going to happen a lot more this year when Cassius is trapped you know that next guy he passes to are they going to be able to make a play um and then on the other end with Tillman I think that's just going to help him out in terms of keeping everything spaced I I just think Gabe Brown shoots way too well um, to not play, to not get minutes. Aaron Henry needs to shoot a bit more, and I think Gabe needs to shoot a bit more as well. I don't think they have the right guy shooting at some at some parts, but uh, it's going to be interesting moving forward what they do. They have Duke coming up. Duke, I mean, they just lost to Stephen F. Austin a few days ago, and then against Winthrop, you think that they're going to have like a bounce-back game and annihilate them. It was a nine-point game with like two and a half to go. Duke is going to be okay. Um, they're a little bit thin right now. Uh, Cassius Stanley got hurt. Trey Jones, he's a non-shooting, good defending point guard. Um, not a lot not a lot of shooters on that team. I mean, their team is pretty much Trey Jones and uh, – Vernon Carey, and I know Michigan State fans are going to give that dude a really hard time because he, when he committed to Duke, he put out some sound bites of why he went there, taking a few jabs at Michigan State. Um, when it comes down to big development, he kind of, you know, took some unnecessary comments at, you know, Izzo and the coaching staff, and uh, I think the fans have been waiting for this game for a long, long time. So that's going to be really interesting. But, you know, in Maui, I mean, the goal is to go 2-1 and one, um, at least, and that's what Michigan State did. They did beat uh, a Georgia team. Uh, Georgia Georgia was playing them um, pretty soft at first, and then Anthony Edwards kind of just went off. They were up by almost 30 points, and um, – and Anthony Edwards just went crazy in the second half. Like, had over 30 points just in the second. Shooting ridiculous shots, ridiculous threes, making crazy passes in, in order to get them back in the uh, game. And then they they played a UCLA team whose talent is not that bad, but still it's a new coach. It's uh, Mick Cronin from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, UCLA just doesn't have the pieces to, to uh, compete with a team like Michigan State yet. On the flip side, you know, Michigan basketball goes from unranked to, you know, we'll see on Monday where they go. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes is, you know, after the first couple weeks, I don't really care about the AP, but after after Feast Week, you should start to see some sort of um, some sort of pattern of where teams should and should not be ranked. That's gonna be really interesting to see where they put Michigan. Michigan went to uh, Atlantis and kind of showed out. Uh, they played very, very well. Uh, they didn't lead in the second half, not one game. They worked Iowa State with their future NBA point guard, Halliburton. 
they worked North Carolina with their future point guard, future NBA guy, um, played Gonzaga and completely worked them. Um, and, you know, you're looking at back-to-back two top ten teams, two teams who have recently been in the Final Four. Uh, it was, a, I mean, compared to Maui, Atlantis was a, had really, really good teams. Like, Iowa State and Michigan are the only two, were the only two games where it didn't feature a ranked team. And it's going to turn out that Michigan's probably going to be in the top 10 here on Monday. So you had Iowa State unranked versus future top 10 Michigan. And then you had number six, North Carolina versus unranked Alabama. Then you had Gonzaga, who's number eight, versus the Southern Miss. And then you had a really good game. You had Oregon and Seton Hall. Um, Oregon was 11, Seton Hall's 13. Uh, that was a really good game if you didn't watch it. Um, and that pretty much solidifies to me that Seton Hall is the real deal. They did lose that game to Oregon, but you're looking at a neutral court loss by two points. I mean, that game, if you watched it, could have gone either way. And Oregon is no joke. Oregon's no joke. They took Gonzaga down to the, you know, they took Gonzaga down to, like, the last, you know, minute and went to OT with them. So that's, so that's you know, Seton Hall went 2-1 went and one with the loss to Oregon. They did beat Southern Miss, and they beat – uh, Iowa State. So that win for Michigan State on the road at Seton Hall, um, you know, that's going to be a huge boost for them by far. But Michigan played very, very well. They shot the lights completely out. They played as a team. They played as a group. Early on, um, I would say looking at some of these uh, practice clips and looking at some of these – you know, if you go back and look at the Saginaw Valley game, this is not the team I saw. It's not the team I saw whatsoever. I saw a team that was confused. I saw a team that didn't know their role. I saw, you know, everyone is trying to figure out themselves and figure a way out. I just thought, I'm like, man, how are these dudes going to turn this switch on before before they have to you know, you know, get in this long stretch of playing legit games. You know, they had to get ready for Creighton, and they shot the lights out, but it was a close game still at the end. Um, and kind of similar the way that Atlantis went. Uh, I do want to see how they will do against teams that try to slow them down and not speed them up. But at the same time, I think that Michigan right now, they can play in multiple ways and totally shocked. And I am so glad and so happy for them um, where guys are stepping up into these roles and they're playing confident. And I don't see guys looking at the, you know, looking at, you know, are they going to come in? Are they going to come out? Probably one of the things that I like, I don't know. One of the things that I love, what I love about about Jawan is that, you know, very very rarely you have a guy 
And it's a little bit different for Juwan because he was in the NBA, but he spent so much time learning and he spent so much time kind of behind the scenes and he spent so much time um, being able to be every person on the bench. You know, with, you know, when he was with the Heat, he was 14th, 15th guy, probably not getting in the game, but at the same time, he was there to, ment to mentor the younger guys and be there for LeBron and D Wade and all those. And then at the same time, when he was with the Bullets, now it's called the Wizards, you know, he was one of the top guys. He was, I think, the first person to sign a nine figure deal. So you have someone who, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking back and I'm like, wow. Like, I was in a similar situation at Michigan where, um, you know, there were times when I started, played a lot, and I was the leading scorer. There were other times where, you know, I, I didn't play at all for two games, and I was everything in between. So I think just from that standpoint, like, I don't think Patrick Ewing has gone through that. Uh, I don't think Jerry Stackhouse has gone through that. Um, Penny Hardaway, I don't think, went through that. And I think that's what makes Jawan so humble and so different. Um, before, I was, I was very, very critical of the hire. And um, I still do believe, I still do believe, I still believe that if Jawan had not played for Michigan, he would not be the head coach for Michigan. At the same time, uh, I do believe that he has done a really great job so far. And that being said, um, uh, a lot of people are already saying that he, you know, he, you know, he's already shut out all doubt and all this stuff. Do not feed into that. That's pure poison. They're trying to build him up just to tear him down later. Don't feed into it. Give compliments and all that stuff. Just be very level-headed. As fans, as fans, um, as fans still be very, very patient. He is dealing with recruits that are not his. Um, and he's dealing with, you know, a brand new staff, brand new kids. We cannot know how this is going to be until year three. But at the same time, he has done an incredible job, an incredible job so far. As soon as he's, as soon as he was hired, he he's done everything, everything perfect. He's done everything the right way. He's said the right things. He's been very, very humble, and um, uh, and what he's been doing is truly amazing. Now, how he'll face adversity as a coach, I don't know, because it's not like he can just check in <laughs> and get the team a bucket. So how he faces adversity, I don't know. How he faces being down 8, 9, 10 points in the second half, uh, I don't know, because uh, those are things that he hasn't faced as of yet. But I was very critical of the hire coming in. Uh, but taking a step back, I'm looking at it, and you know, I'm seeing reasons why you know, reasons why, you know, he is different from the Patrick Ewings, why he's different from the Kevin Ollies, um, just from 
the way that he's kind of come up and his way in the league um, and how he's been as a superstar, a role player to a locker room guy, pretty much like a player coach type of deal. Um, I'm really thrilled to see you know, long term what happens. Hope he continues to recruit. If 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 I'm a recruit and Michigan's offering me, and I just saw the Battle of Atlantis, you're looking at it. And you're just like, wow, wow. Like there's nothing strict. Coach doesn't lose his mind over stupid stuff. And I I kind of lost track earlier when I said, you know, one thing that I really love about Juwan. One thing that I really love about him is the fact that a guy can make a mistake. He can make two mistakes. He can make three mistakes. And if you if if you're following games and turnovers are driving you crazy, um, I get it. Drives me crazy too because that's what you're used to. At the same time, I heard stories about uh, about Thad Matta. And Evan Turner. So Evan Turner became point guard. I believe that's his name. Evan Turner, right? Um, where he moved Turner to point guard. Then after that, he told Turner, come here in front of the whole team. He gave him a rack of basketballs. There was like 12 on there. He told Turner, take this basketball, throw it at the other end of the court. And then he did it, and then he did it again, and then said, do it again. He did it again. He said, do it again. He did it again. That might have made him throw every basketball off the rack down the court and said, look, those are turnovers. I don't care about those. I want you to play and do your thing. No player, no player would hate that. Every player needs to hear that. That's why you see Brooks out there hooping, you know, just hooping to have fun. That's why you see guys like David out there hooping to have fun. That's why you say see Livers always smiling and having fun. Um, you know, I would love to play for a dude like that, uh, someone who, you know, nothing is strict. If you can do it, do it, but play within yourself. Um, I love it. I love it. So that's like that's like my Jawan take right now. They do have a they do have a very tough road ahead still. They still have Louisville, Iowa. I don't have it in front of me, but they have Louisville at Louisville. Then they have Iowa, Illinois. Um, then I believe they have Oregon. Then they move on to like the Presbyterians of the world. But it is very refreshing right now in terms of the basketball season the football season well well <laughs> that's something else are you looking for a great gift for someone in your life harry's is a gift that's both thoughtful and practical listeners of this show can get five dollars off any harry's shave set by heading to harrys.com slash blue wire free shipping ends on december 16th so act now it's a great deal for you, great deal for her or him. Holiday sets start at just $20. That's within Secret Santa limits, of course. And Harry's blade refills are as low as $2 each. 
so you'll save money over time. It comes ready to gift and a handsome holiday gift box, which is even nicer. And your gift gives back. 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organizations. As a special offer for fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets, when you go to harrys.com slash bluewire. Plus, you'll get free shipping. Each Harry's shaving set comes with a weighted handle with option to engrave, five blade razor cartridges, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, travel cover to protect your blades, packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. Free shipping ends on December 16th. So act now. Just go to harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire. With the holiday rush here, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Decide which shipping care to use or if you're getting the best rates. Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle. Stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation. Make ship happen. All right, so good news out of East Lansing. I mean, bowl eligible now. Um, little rough road to get there, but but definitely got there. Maryland had uh, Maryland was very interesting. Uh, they had they had like three or four big plays, and that's about it. Everything else was just stalled out, but they had like three or four plays that just went for like seventy yards. And, um, you know, had a, had a Michigan State fans sounding a bit scared. The wife was sounding a bit scared. <laughs> so, I mean, good for them. There's, they're 6-6 uh, six and six now. Now, you know, you would think that for the next month, you know, D'Antonio is, and the staff, what they should be doing, this is basically an audition type of deal. This is like... I'm going to have a month to get an elite offensive plan together just to show people, like, yes, this is what I can do. This is what you pay me for. This is why we're going to succeed next year. There's three quarterbacks that are kind of waiting in the wing of Brian Lewerke. I don't know what... uh, I don't, I don't know what Michigan State's going to do. You know, Lewerke, I mean, he's a senior. This is his last year. So, you know, of course, D'Antonio's going to ride him out. 
But do you go with Lombardi, Theo, Peyton? If so, if things get out of hand or you get up quick just to get them some type of rep? Because a couple of them are going to still have their 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 redshirt if they didn't redshirt last year. That, of course, doesn't apply to Lombardi. And I think, I'm pretty sure Theo Day, pretty sure Theo Day registered it last year, I believe. Um, let me check that right quick. Because there is... Did Theo Day redshirt last year? Please let me know if he registered last year or not. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know what bowl they go to. They may end up somewhere, you know, super close. I don't know who they'll who they'll play. They're going to play a team probably like seventy five. Um, no, and if, especially if they play in Detroit, you know, they'll play a team probably seventy five who travels pretty well, and um, there's there's going to be a lot of Michigan State fans down there. But Michigan State fans, talking to them, I mean, they've been over this season for the longest for the longest time. A lot of them wanted, want to change, um, whether, you know, at top. You know, worst-case scenario for them, they want to change, like take the whole offensive side of the ball, the entire staff, and just move them all the way out. Just move them all the way out. They're going to struggle next year because they lose a lot, man. They lose a lot. They're going to have they're going to have like a four and eight year, four and eight, five and seven type of year next year. Um, they just don't have the horses on defense coming back. Uh, they don't know who's going to throw the ball around next year. Then it comes down to the coaching staff to develop and talking to fans they're not very thrilled about any of that and Michigan State fans like I said they've been over this season for a while and they've been looking forward to Michigan hoops ever like they didn't have a win since like September 28 for the from for the longest time they were stuck on four wins for like six or seven weeks and and they've just been over it and I get it. I'll be over it too. If like, like I wish the Hoke and the Rich Rod years on nobody. And like looking at that program, it just feels like you know that's where fans are. It's like you want your team to to like do well, but you've been spoiled. Like you know there was a there was an era there where Michigan State was really spoiled with. Really good things going on. Really good things happening. Whether it's winning Big Ten championships, beating Ohio State, just destroying Michigan, holding them to like negative fifty yards. I mean, you can't give your fans that that taste and that tease, and then fall off a cliff. I mean, I'd be going crazy too. Like, imagine if it's Harbaugh right now. He's doing these things, and the next thing you know, he goes full Rich Rod year one. Then he goes full Hulk in year three or four. Like, Michigan fans be like, what is going on? 
at least with Rich Rod and Hoke, you know, you're just like, hey, hope you turn the corner at some point, but we haven't really had much to cheer about or look forward to. But Michigan State fans, you've been to Indy. You've won a Big Ten title. You've beat both rivals. You've beaten Ohio State at the shoe with, what was his name? Was it O'Connor? Throwing under 100 yards and, and still found a way to win that game against Zeke in them? I mean, a lot of fortune. You have set the fans up pretty much for failure. You like gave them you gave them a bunch of cookies, bunch of sweet cookies. Now you're giving them charcoal to eat. And that's just unfortunate. That's unfortunate. I am a Michigan guy and you know, you know but I try to be as you know, I try to think for myself. Looking at the Michigan State situation, I mean, you should let D'Antonio go because you're not going to be very good next year. You're, you know, just not going to be good. You just don't have the horses. And if that's going to happen with a new quarterback and new guys coming in, you're not even recruiting at a high level right now. So is it really going to change? And to and to say that, yeah, but we've never done that. Like, you can't continue that trend. And, like, consistency are the, – the teams who recruit at a high level – usually maintain some type of consistency where talent alone wins just six or seven games. Just off of sheer talent. Like you will win six or seven games just from sheer talent and below average coaching. Okay, coaching, you are getting eight, nine, ten wins per season. And then every now and then you're going to hit that peak goal, win 11, 12 games. But your floor is like seven or eight wins. Like that's your floor. Like like that's got to be your floor. If you don't recruit well, I mean, if you even look at Utah, I think Utah has been one of the better programs, but they don't recruit at a high level. That's why you see some of their seasons, they dip to like seven wins. It's because of recruiting. Like they like you have to be able to recruit, especially if you're in the if you're in the Big Ten East. If you're in the Big Ten West, you can kind of get away with having just a solid team. But like imagine if Wisconsin was in the East. Imagine if Minnesota was in the East. Their coach would be on the chopping on the chopping block every three or four years. Cause they end up going because they end up losing a couple games that they shouldn't lose. Then you got to play Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. Like, like you you got to recruit at a higher level. Because um, if you don't, because if you don't, it's just you you will never have that consistency. You can't rely on the Le'Veon Bells of the world to walk through that door or the Tyler Renfros from Clemson, like a walk-on guy. You can't rely on the Kenny Willikisses to come through that door. Like you have to recruit at a high level, and unfortunately, when they did recruit at a high level, their 2016 group, that is the group why Michigan State is in the state that they're in now. That was their best class in a long, long time, and that class made some really poor decisions off the field. 
And it sucks that their best class like that doomed them. You just got to recruit at a higher level, get some, you know, some higher care character guys in there. Um, and then you'll start to see Michigan State be, you know, not going to say world beaters, but at least consistent where, okay, like, like Michigan, they're nine and three this year. Um, average year with O'Corn eight and four during the regular season. Just just from a talent standpoint, there's just some games that you don't lose. Michigan State can very well be in that same exact boat where talent-wise, they're just not going to lose these games. Like the like their opponent is just not good enough to beat them today. That's just how that is. All right, I'm just just going to get to some of these mailbag questions first before we get too deep into the into the conversation. So, armchair Illinois armchair. At Armchair Illini, how similar slash different schematically is Jawan compared to Beeline so far? Really good question. Really good question. If you look at the way that Michigan's playing, they do run. They run like 30, 35% of John Beeline plays from the Beeline system, which is interesting. Some of their primary and secondary breaks are way different. That's something completely different than what Beeline does. But some of these half-core things where, you know, he wants to get some motion, um, he runs Beeline sets, which is really interesting. Or he just lets them play. little ball screen, which is a lot like what Beeline does. I think the main difference was kind of what I touched on before is where Beeline and Jawan are very different when it comes to pulling guys. Uh I've had tweets say, yay, no auto bench. I'm like, he's pretty much auto bench 95% of the, the uh, time. So I don't know where that's coming from. Um, it's very different when it comes to turnovers and letting guys play. I haven't seen Jawan lose it. Um, I haven't seen him lose it on a couple bad passes. I think I get more mad than Jawan does when it comes to some of these plays because um, I'm so used to you know, what, what Beeline wants and does. But there's so many different ways to hoop. And play basketball, but I would say the biggest difference is how they run their primary and secondary breaks. Um, couldn't be more different of getting the quick hitters and not worrying about the shot clock and getting movement. They get right into their quick hitters and kind of just go and kind of play off each other, a little read and react, which is what Beeline does. But he takes him about eight to ten more seconds before he gets to that to that point. But Good question. Uh, Chuck Monin, a.k.a. the pigskin preacher, Monin underscore Chuck. He asked, why does Michigan keep recruiting mediocre defensive players? I think this is a football one. I don't know. Uh, if you look at their – if you look at their um, stuff on 247, I like, I'm not sure why we're, we're having issues getting – defensive tackles well we should have one or two of them ready to play next year which is a great thing but we still need a couple more to come in uh we do need better we need guys like dax hill i know that sounds crazy because that's those are the guys that alabama usually gets and ohio state usually 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 gets but to beat teams like like that for this team to get to another level um 
I like Cam McGrone. He's perfect. Um, but the DBs, the the safeties have to be a bit faster. We have to get a little bit bigger up front. Um, and yeah, we do need to recruit better. Why? I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Uh, but I do believe that uh, Partridge does need a bigger role on the team. I don't know what that's going to be, but I think he needs a much bigger role on this football team if Michigan wants to take that next leap. Um, some kind of Jake underscore. <coughs> Why is Michigan cursed? Not just in this game, but in literally every sport. So many runner-up finishes, semifinals ending in heartbreak. What is going on? I don't think Michigan is cursed. I think the baseball team doing what they did, they ran up against a blue blood baseball team in Vanderbilt. Um, what the basketball team has done, you know, they went to the Final Four in the national championship game versus Villanova. That Villanova team was very, very good. They beat everyone by double digits, everyone. Um, so it was just more one of those years. And uh, the same as 2013 is very, very similar. But I don't think Michigan is cursed. I just think oh, Michigan is football is cursed when it comes to Ohio State. Like, no matter how good Michigan is, doesn't really matter. Who has more faith in Juwan? Who has more faith in Juwan? Oh, that was a oh, bad question. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's scroll down. Schematically. Uh, hoop school uh, at the Anatra. Can Michigan apply to move to the Big Ten West? I don't think so. Because you can't escape the Ohio State game because there's protected rivalries, and that will be one. The Ohio State game will be played uh, the last game of the year, every single year. Indiana, Purdue has it. Northwestern, Illinois has it. Uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin has it. You know what I mean? So those, so those games are going to be preserved. No matter, like you can't escape Ohio State. Like them dudes are going to be there. Michigan chose a really bad partner to rival with. Like why couldn't they rival with like, I don't know, like Syracuse or something. How do you go about fixing so many mental errors? That's by Mark Redford, 616. Fixing mental errors. This game was really interesting because I think the guys really wanted to win it, but they were like two or three steps ahead. They're a little bit too anxious. That's why you saw DPJ. He dropped how many catches today? Super uncharacteristic of him. Like they want to win almost so bad that they're a little bit out of control. I'm not going to say treat this game like any other because you just can't do that. Because um, you just can't do that. I just think that, you know, guys just need to just slow down, settle in, and just, you know, do what's do what's been working. Do what you've been doing. Run the same routes. Do what you need to do. Speaking of routes, I mean, I'm – I tweeted, you know, they should have ran the Wildcat and they should have gone this or that. Great play. Dude missed the missed the perfect route. Like, he'd still be running to this freaking day. Off topic, but I just had to say that. 
yeah, mental errors is mental errors happen when you have a disconnect with your game plan and you start you start playing with you start taking things a little bit too personal. When you start t- taking things too personal, you lose sight of what your job is in front of you. I think that's where a lot of mental errors come to play. Like that McGrone late hit, that's not going to happen again with him. Because I think he took, he wanted to just light up fields knowing he was going to take that penalty. That's why you, you didn't see him react afterwards. He knew he did something wrong, but you start to act really out of character once you kind of disconnect and start taking things very, very personally. And that's kind of where you just lose the game completely. Um, does Don Brown coach at Michigan next season? Yes, he does. Yes, he will. Perry Jonathan, 12. How do we shorten this gap between us and that team down south? Recruiting. R-E-C-R-U-I-T-I-N-G. Recruiting. Ohio State is recruiting like Alabama and Clemson right now. Michigan is recruiting like Penn State right now. And that's why Michigan and Penn State have roughly the same amount of wins and losses over the last, ever since Harbaugh has been at Michigan. They have roughly the same amount of wins and losses. They recruit the same way. They recruit the same type of guys. Really sick, like second-tier type of recruiting. Like when, when I say second-tier, like class of 2020, I think Michigan is like 12th, and they average like 89 point something per recruit. And then Ohio State averages like 91.81 per recruit. And then on the right side, it's like 295.99 for Ohio State. Michigan's 251.7. Like there is a really big difference right now in recruits. Ohio State has two five stars, 13 four stars, 10 three stars. Michigan has zero five stars. 12 four-stars, 12 three-stars. On the recruiting, they have to get better. They have to get better. Like, if you don't, this is going to be the norm for a long, long time. For a long, long time. Arim K. Abdullah, can we be a basketball school, please? As, As fans, you can keep acknowledging that, but... No, football is first and foremost going to be second. First is going to be revenue. We're a revenue school first, football school second. Ward Manuel has made that loud and clear. And based on on the decisions that he's made, I agree with him 100%. Um, Too mad for questions, at least we're not in Nebraska. I'm with you. (laughs) I'm with you. Slim Daddy Savage from Slim Savage Sand. Here's a good question. How many of our receivers do you think we'll lose? I think we lose all three. I think Black is mentally disconnected from the team. That third down, I am still mad about it. 
Um, that was a deplorable attempt. That was such a bad. That was so. Im- I felt embarrassed for that dude. Like embarrassed. I felt embarrassed for him. I felt embarrassed for him for his family. I feel embarrassed for whoever is going to be his agent who has to show that clip to an NFL team. This is the effort you're going to get. This right here. Game on the line. Down two touchdowns. You get this. Now it's first and ten. You get a new set of downs. But you not only stop your route short, you freaking dink and dunk and lazily just jog out of bat. Like, what are you thinking? He's so disconnected from the team right now. I don't know what that was about. And I hate calling out kids like that because they work their tails off. But that right there tells me his mind was not in this game. Nowhere close. DPJ made a crap ton of mistakes today. But you know what? He, You could not tell me that dude did not care. And he was not invested in this game. He was pissed off at some point. Like, you, like you can't really see much because the guy has his helmet on. But he was being demonstrably just mad. Just demonstrative. Just upset whatever it was on third down and fourth down and he was going off that you know that tells me he was at least mentally emotionally invested in this game and in this team i could take the mistakes when i can when i see that when i see that i'm like you know what he's made mistakes but at the same time i could tell that he freaking cares he almost cares too much. Like, he's caring too much. He's invested too much to the point where he can't even, he can't even, like, he can't even, like, he can't even, like, operate. It's really hard to, it's really hard to explain. But I do think all three leave. I think, I think Black has been checked out and gone for a while. I think DPJ is also gone. I think he treated this game like it was his senior day. Um, only one that I am kind of hesitant on is Nico Collins. And I think Nico is probably the most ready, um, right up there with DPJ. But I think if anyone comes back, it's going to be Nico, Nico, Nico Collins. But I will not be surprised if all three bounce, which, you know, is sad because, because you really feel like they really started to get going and gelling and all that. But it is what it is. That's the name of the game. And we'll find out more if guys are sitting out when it gets closer to bowl time. I have really no words for this Ohio State-Michigan game. No words at all whatsoever. That's pretty much what I expected going into it. They still had a shot, but overwhelmed. they were too overwhelmed on the defensive side to get a stop when the offense just killed the drive. Like, like. Like, Michigan would score, like, two minutes. Michigan defense did not get a quick three and out or or get them back on the field quick enough to stay hot. Like, that just didn't happen. And I think that was the biggest thing. They were just way too overwhelmed on the defensive side. I have got nothing about this game because you saw this coming. I saw this coming. We're fans, so we just expect that, you know, there's a chance – no, there is no chance because we're just going to get walloped 
we're just going to get beat. And next year, Justin Fields comes back. Like, he just doesn't disappear. And J.K. Dobbins is probably going to go to the league. But there's this cat named Master Teague. Look up his stats. Go. Look up Master Teague. Go look up Master Teague's stats right now. He is a he is a second stringer. A second stringer with over a hundred less touches than J.K. Dobbins, and he still has ran for almost eight for almost eight hundred yards. Like that dude is going to be legit next year for them as a junior, and he's going to freaking go off. He's going to run for 13, 14, 1,500 yards, and we're going to get 100, 200 yards in November next year. It's this vicious cycle that will not stop coming. Look at the recruiting classes. Look at 2018 and 2019 because that's who you're going to see a lot of next year. 2020, you may get one or two of them. Even better, you get to see their dominance over 11 games because we don't see them until the end of November once again. I'm tired of it. I know Michigan fans are tired of it. It's a running joke. It's going to continue to be a running joke for the next over 350-some days. It's going to be a joke. I'm saying 350-something because off the top of my head, I know it's 365, but I don't know if we play a week prior next year or we play in the same week. I don't know. So that's why I said over 350. 50-something. That's all I got for y'all today, man. Um, as you guys know, as you guys know, you guys have been using the heck out of my SeatGeek code. Um, I'm happy to save you guys as much money as possible on any event, any concert, any sporting event. Basketball season is here. Um, use my code on SeatGeek. It's pinned on my profile. All you got to do is download the SeatGeek app. Your first purchase, you get $20 off if you use my SeatGeek code, AntWright, A-N-T-W-R-I-G-H-T. That's all I got for y'all today, man. It was a rough day. Great week by, you know, you know hoop season is here. And um, I'm going to have y'all have a uh, little preview of the Louisville game. I'll probably get that done and, and out to y'all Sunday or Monday at some point. But I'll holler at y'all, man. Talk to you soon.